The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free if you follow the link in the description box. For casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in Persistent and Nasty at checkout. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty Podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you're all keeping really well, looking after yourselves and each other, washing your hands, wearing your masks and remember to be kind Tis the season after all. We are in the countdown to the end of 2020. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am... Yeah, it's been a week for me and um, yesterday my mum, uh, who is a nurse, got the vaccine. um, Well, part one of the vaccine. um, And I didn't realise how much worry I've had about her um, over these last few months and all our amazing care workers in um, all different parts of the care sector. I really hate the word sector. It's not very nice, is it? Um, But these people do incredible, important jobs and we are beyond lucky uh, to have them. So yeah, that's my little little thing. Anyway, this is our second last podcast of 2020, which I also can't believe I'm saying, and it is with um, the gorgeous Scottish actress Natalie Clark. We discuss Natalie's uh, latest film, which happens to be a Christmas movie set in Scotland. And uh, I think, I believe it's the only Scottish Christmas film made by a Scottish team, because as we discuss, we there is one other. Um, really lovely talking to Natalie. What a joy of a human being she is. And um, I'm sure you're all going to feel the exact same way. Um, and it's just really nice that we were able to have a chat um, with Natalie and just talk about everything from the film to working in the industry, to not working, to anxiety, to gaming. Yeah. Oh, and also I talk about my period quite a lot, just FYI for, for anybody. <laughs> yeah, um, it's myself and Misha. And as I say, really lovely episode. Remember to follow us on all social media. 
Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. You can always send us a wee email if you want to be in touch with us. And again, just a huge thank you to those of you who have um, donated to keep us going um, through the PayPal link, which is in the description of this episode. It is so generous of you, especially um, uh, this year and in these really difficult and uncertain times. We are incredibly grateful um i hope you know how grateful we are so thank you thank you thank you enough of me rambling on everyone get a nice wee hot chocolate for today's episode or uh i mean i don't drink coffee but those of you that do maybe a a cinnamon spiced latte or something festive you know mulled wine there we go um sit back relax and enjoy. Well, I fucking hell. <laughs> ah, all, in, all in the day in the life of. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm still holding on to the fact that I got ID'd last week. Every time I'm having a bit oh. I'm like, I got ID'd last week. I mean, granted, he was a really, he was an old man in Silverburn, Marks and Spencer's, but I'm taking it. I don't mean to burst your bubble. Yeah. My, my mum got ID'd in the. Oh, well, fuck off, Misha. Actually, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I knew as soon as it happened, I was like, this is going to ruin Elaine's <laughs> life. So well, you went with it anyway. I still, I had to do it. She didn't think, oh, I'm going to hold back or for my sisterhood. You know, she's got a period today. She's cramping like fuck. She's just off she a six and a half of her Zoom. No, bang. <laughs> Me thinking I'm an empathetic person and then talking <laughs> bombs like that. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Natalie. Nat. Hi. Welcome to um, Persistent and Nasty Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, you have had a lot of amazing people on this podcast. So, thanks. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing people to podcast with. Yeah, that's true. But you you guys make the the effort to to find them and and speak to them. Um, you go and do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily the, the light the light isn't shown on them. But you definitely make the effort to go and find them. Oh, I thought, God, I'm going to greet. <laughs> that's record time. That, I mean, yeah, record time. Like twenty seconds in. <laughs> Big cards at the ready, folks. That's Elaine's cried. <laughs> I think we should start making it a, bing- a, a drinking game. My uh, podcast bingo. Guys, <laughs> if she's in love with you by the end of the episode, which I will be, so you know, get ready, get ready for that. Um, what else? Maybe if I accidentally tear down the sisterhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Misha you were right in there. Like Misha hasn't seen a totally iconic film or like something like that. One of them. She like, definitely should come up with a bingo. Anyway, <laughs> not about us. Thank you, though. That was really lovely of you, Nat. Thank you. Um, and welcome, as I say, to Persistent and Nasty. We are really excited to have you because you have just had the premiere for your Scottish Christmas movie, Lost in Christmas. Woo-hoo! <laughs> What a year to be premiering a Scottish movie like that. Absolutely insane. Um, do you know what? It's weird. It's, like it's got its pros and cons, obviously, because um, part of me thinks if it had been a normal year, we would have 
been swept under the carpet by all the big Christmas productions that are always done, especially in America. Um, I know there's still quite a few came out, but I mean, they just churn out like 40, 50 per summer to release in the Christmas time. And obviously there would have been a few British ones. So in one respect, it's worked in our favour that there's not there's not much out there in terms of competition. So it's been great actually in that respect to be able to highlight a wee independent micro-budget film made in Scotland. I mean, sorry, Mish. No, it's okay. We both started at the same time, then both politely stopped. <laughs> I was going to say, it is so exciting and it's absolutely, like, it's just what everybody needs. How has it been with, is it, have your premieres been online then? So the premiere was actually in Fort William Cinema. So Fort William have just had a brand new cinema built this year. Because um, actually, bizarrely enough, there's a scene in the film where I... I'm running along Fort William sort of high street and there's construction. I run past all these fences. And when I was at the cinema last week, I was like, oh my God, that's that's what they were building. So it wasn't even there when we filmed it in January. Um, and it's, it's, it's lovely. And they were so, so welcoming. Obviously I had hesitations in terms of the traveling for it because we are obviously tier four and they're tier one. But uh, there was there was only three of us that travelled, and uh, because it was work related and it was all pre booked and everything, it was deemed allowed. Um, but yeah, they did a little. They drove out a red carpet for us. Um, all the locals came to see it, so it was technically a, a sold out premiere. But obviously within COVID regulations, so I don't know. There's maybe like sixty people there or something, uh, and it was so lovely. They were so. They were so overjoyed, I think, to see their hometown on the big screen and seeing that highlighted um, and seeing Scotland presented in a non-gritty manner and seeing the beautiful scenery and and just ordinary people living their lives. So, yeah, it was really exciting. It sounds absolutely magical. You're so um, right with Scotland being presented as it is so often gets that really rough, um, yeah like laden with crime laden with damaged people were the villains in all movies <laughs> it's so exciting to get a film that can show Scotland for its beauty and its magic and its its joy like people in Scotland are joyous when we're not miserable with the weather we're not miserable. yeah and there's 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 plenty of misery in the film you know like <laughs> you got to keep the balance <laughs> I'm, no, you're so right. Just that, um, as Misha said, you know, that idea of the big kind of successful films from Scotland do tend to show the harder side of Scottish life. Like, you know, just like off the top of my head and probably because of the age I am as well. Like, you know, I think Trainspot and um, Acid House, which I don't know how many people have seen Acid House, but fuck me. Yeah. Bleak. <laughs> I mean, I think bleaker than train spotting by a country mile. Um, yeah. I mean, even um, newer films like Beats and Run and Expensive Shit. Although Anna and the Apocalypse last year was that was it last year? Or was it a couple of years ago now? A couple of years ago. It was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. I know. <laughs> 
when you're having fun in a double lockdown year. But actually, <laughs> it's pandemic. like it's such an interesting thing, and in the fact that I can't think of another Scottish Christmas film. No, it's bizarre. Like you can't. It, when you think, oh, well, actually, there is an American one, right? I don't know if I should, I shouldn't be promoting other Christmas films, but it, it's a really cheesy American film. They've clearly never been in Scotland, um, and it, it's called Christmas in the Highlands. But I don't think anyone's got a Scottish accent in the film. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I think it's just been renamed now to Christmas in the Castle, because obviously all Scottish people live in castles. Uh, <laughs> and speak with English accents. So, um, so yeah. Other than that, though, yeah, right, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, market. Yeah, but I'm just a bit like, is that like Hallmark or something like that? Is that think, like one of those? I, I think I don't even think it's Hallmark. I think it's something like Lifetime. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm never working with them now, so. <laughs> No, no, you were just you're just cleaning it up. Yeah. That's all. Just making a point. It's totally fine. You're still available for jobs. Thanks very much. <laughs> for the remake, for the sequel, whatever yes. it is, <laughs> the year with your Scottish <laughs> accent and your castle to go. Yes, castles too. Or the castle switch. They love a switch. Oh, they love a switch. Castle. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did the film all come about? So basically, it was a short film that was made. Oh, it's quite a few years ago now. I want to say about five years ago. <clears throat> and the short film was called Perfect Strangers. And I wasn't in that just um, for various reasons. I, I didn't get involved with it, but it did really surprisingly well on the festival circuit. Um, they weren't expecting it to do as well as it did. Uh, they literally just went up to Fort William like for the weekend, got snowed in, like the actual, it was actual art imitating life for them. Um, and then it was last year, another short film that the director had made got nominated or for some American awards that was like Oscar contender type thing. So he went out to LA to sort of schmooze people and he came back really inspired and said, in America, they just make films on really small budgets. They just go for it. They'll just be like, we've got $30,000. Let's just go make a horror film and release it. And they basically felt, why why can't we do that here? Why can't we make micro-budget films and try and release them and do something with them? Uh, and so he wanted to do something lighthearted and he thought Perfect Strangers was the perfect film to try and a, you know short to turn into a feature so that was where they, they all came from basically it was a trip to LA that inspired the director to just attempt making a small budget film yeah that's such an interesting concept that you would need there is definitely a confidence with Americans that mm -hmm. and I'm totally like tarring them with the same brush but there is definitely that confidence where they just go for it. And I don't know if it's the wee, the wee Scottish mentality of, no, we're not that good. Oh, we're just shite bags. No, we couldn't do that. That we just don't put ourselves out there because we don't have that belief in ourselves to just think, fuck it, all sails to the wind. Let's go. Let's just make it with what we've got and see what happens. Mm -hmm. What's What have we got to lose? 
hundred percent. So exciting. Yeah. What an amazing project to be part of. And, and it must have been such a great energy on set to have that, like, we're just doing this because we're buzzing about it and we've got this idea and we're going to do it. It must have been brilliant. It was really, the yeah, the set was fantastic because obviously, as I say, it was a small budget, but uh, the DOP we had on board, John Rhodes, comes from like an amazing background of ha- having worked on Only Fools and Horses and things like that. So he's extraordinary. Um, and we had this small budget to do a feature film. We had two weeks to do it, but we're trying to do it at a high level and not cut corners. So everyone came onto the set knowing what we were up against and just really really excited and enthused about making it the best that we could so yeah it was it was really intense but no one came on half-hearted we all just dug in we were against it with the weather because it wasn't going our way uh we needed snow and there was no snow who would have thought you would be struggling to find snow in Glencoe <laughs> but yeah um and what time of year did you film so we filmed it in January uh, because mo- a, the, a huge bulk of the film takes place indoors and the Clahague Inn in Glencoe were honestly Guy and Katie who, who run it went above and beyond the January's generally quiet for them so they said if you want to come you can have your run of the Boots Bar during the day um, so that's what we had we had the the bar to ourselves for the entire day uh, and that meant that we could film everything. So, yeah, it was in January for two weeks. And uh, it was, yeah, it was intense, but um, we had an amazing supporting cast and they just came on and we all just seemed to click as well, which was really, I remember Ryan, the director, saying, he's like, I've brought together this really eclectic mix of people, but they all seem to have just clicked and gelled. And I think it's because we all knew that it was an exciting project and we all wanted to make it as good as we could, basically, under the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really exciting. I love that, like, when I first saw the cast, I was like, this is a really eclectic cast. I mean, you've got um, a Doctor Who in Sylvester McCoy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that in itself is, like, that brings such a... It brings a whole other audience for a film that you wouldn't always necessarily get because um, Whovians are very dedicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. Of they are. And they're very supportive of um, all, really, of how and whatever they they do. And then, obviously, you've got Claire Grogan, you know. Like, yeah. it's... She's... She's, she's, an, I, she's an icon. She's a Scottish legend. Yeah, and that's, but again, she was someone who you'd be sitting chatting to her, you know, she'd just be telling you stories and all of a sudden you'd sort of take a step back from yourself and be like, it's Claire Grogan. She's in Gregory's Girl. Oh my God. (laughs) And is that a thing as well? Because like, I mean, I'm not, you don't have to tell us your age, uh, but obviously being a child of the 80s mm-hmm. and um, into the 90s, you know, there was only a handful of Scottish films that you could watch. And Gregory's Girl was one of those ones that got made, like, the, it was on every year. Like, it was on the telly. Yeah. So, it was like, Misha, have you seen it? 
why did you have to ask? Of course I've not seen it. <laughs> I love it. I was trying to just keep my face very <laughs> still so I wouldn't get called into question. I was, I was really hoping that Nat had cl- clocked it because I could see you going, mm-hmm. like for uh, those listening, because obviously everybody is listening because we're not on YouTube. <laughs> why do I keep doing this? Is everyone on YouTube? Um, yeah, I just was, bluff and nod. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that scene. Love it. (laughs) Do you know there there is another member of the cast who hasn't seen it either, and every time they get asked about it in an interview, they do that. They're just like, "Yeah, Mm -hmm. great, (laughs) brilliant." You should watch it, Misha. It's. I mean, it's very much of the time of the eighties. You know, I'm sure I'd love it. I'll add it to my list. Definite things as um, a young women from wherever you're from there's you know there's without wanting the fans of Gregory's girls to go after me and um, but you know it's slightly problematic and all yes. of that but yeah. um it's of the time so we'll yes. just we'll leave it there <laughs> but Claire Grogan's great so you yes. know um and also it was about a female footballer so you know yeah also really it, was a, it was so it was of its time but ahead of its time but ahead of its time <laughs> absolutely but back to lost at christmas yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so like um and like obviously giga gray is in it as well and giga mm-hmm. um was in our monologue slam that we yes. did at the start of covid and um we're big fans and just want to give her a wee shout out there yeah. um such a it's just i think the thing that i saw when i saw the trailer for it that really excited me and i mean this in the nicest possible way to our community was it was so nice to see so many actors that i don't scottish actors that i don't get to see a lot of yeah that was really exciting it's and i i would be lying if i said that ryan the director didn't have to fight for that um because the minute you start asking people for money for any creative project, they want names um, yeah. and they want they want a name that's going to sell. And he really he really did have to fight. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that he did fight for that. Um, obviously, we do have um, bigger names in it, but you know they they are supporting. And and even at that, they're still not they're 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 Scottish names that don't necessarily translate internationally obviously Sylvester McCoy does because Sylvester McCoy but but yeah so it's it is it's nice it's a problem that we have it's a problem that we have that not in terms in whether it's theatre film tv it's we we know it's it's always the same names and the same faces and and I don't begrudge anyone work but you to, to be able to see someone fresh uh, would would be lovely <laughs> it'll be interesting I think the proof will be in the pudding with this as well it will it will be a storm and it will go down well regardless of the cast because the film is is good and so it'll be really exciting to be able to show that as an example of they didn't need to make it an all-star cast it they could yeah. bring fresh faces in give them a chance and look how bloody brilliant they were I yeah, think that's a great thing. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it's it's hopefully what it would will do is be a springboard for other filmmakers then, and are just other productions to be able to say, do you know what they did it? So why can't we? That would be really that would be fantastic if if more came from from it in that respect. Yeah, you just need the confidence of seeing someone else do it to be like, oh well, then I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, no, this is my dream cast. This is who I want. I know that they're right. 
and I'm going to stick to my guns. Yeah. It's quite interesting. It is exactly as you've said with when when the when the purse strings are pulled, you are you're caught in that kind of web of you, you need the money to make the project yeah. and you you need to keep a lot of people happy in film. That's it's part of part of the business. Mm. Um but definitely I think it's good to be able to stand your ground and say this is why I'm going to fight the corner and I think that's a really well done Ryan for yeah for fighting that is really brilliant very admirable well done Ryan yeah you're getting you're getting a, a shout out on PNN not many I men know. do no it's no no <laughs> well done <laughs> that's the only thing you'll get credit for <laughs> um yeah Uh, Do you want to give us a little synopsis of the film and then, um, because we want to hear about you as well Mm -hmm. as the film. Um, So the synopsis of the film is, I would say it's not a traditional Christmas film. It's not your bog standard Hallmark Christmas film. It's a little bit more realistic and a little bit more relatable, I hope. Uh, Not everyone... Not everyone celebrates Christmas. A lot of people struggle at Christmas time. And... Obviously, Jen and Rob, who are the two sort of main characters in the trailer, you see they both have their heart broken and they sort of find each other to try and make their way home. Don't get me wrong, there are Christmas cliches in there, of course. <laughs> they have to journey home and there's obstacles. Oh, <laughs> um, but where would we be without them? Like, exactly. It's, it's, they're cliches for a reason. That's why yes. I always think with things like that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's good that these these films do have boxes to tick because you can tick them, but you can still do your own thing with it. And I I feel like that's what Lost at Christmas has done. So they make their way to this hotel, and I keep referring to it as a hotel of lost souls because it's where a lot of people have gone to try and escape Christmas, and they end up finding comfort in each other and and trying to find a little bit of Christmas joy in uh, have I just won bingo again there <laughs> oh, that, that's me oh. <laughs> two like, oh, in one I'm two in one round you. like wow oh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm on my period give me a break so that no it's fine I love it <laughs> that's the reaction we want <laughs> so so yeah they, they they all come together in this this hotel in um in this bubble as we refer to it um this sort of christmas bubble which hello sort of like talk about christmas bubbles <laughs> i think i kind of <laughs> yeah for, foreshadowing. For, foreshadowing hello <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's i don't want to i I, there's, I'm always hesitant about how much I reveal about it because I don't want to spoil anything about the story. But um, yes, it is. It does tick all the Christmas movie sort of boxes, but it also has its own more relatable, realistic spin on life, I think. So I'll leave it at that. It's not overly f- like Christmas fairy tale. It's got that. Yeah, uh-huh. It's, um, it has... I would uh, with I don't want to spoil anything too much, but let's just say it's perhaps got a marmite ending to it. <laughs> so some people will either like it or they won't. Um, I like that. Okay. Yeah. 
I like Marmite, so I just like oh, that catch. I mean, I don't, but I like the fact that that's an, that's the ending. Yeah, it's very it's, yes. That's all I'll say. It's a Marmite ending. Wonderful. <laughs> and how can people watch it? Is it um, where where can people find it? So I would say the majority of people are going to be watching it video on demand. It, there are limited releases, and so it's in Fort William Cinema. It's in Eden Court in Inverness. Uh, I believe there's a few other cinemas, I think possibly in Oban and some down south now that their tiers have been shifted a little bit. Um, but it will be available on demand on Amazon, iTunes and Google Play on the 7th of December. So, yeah, not How long. exciting. I just want to mm-hmm. check our dates to see when. That's a, that's a, a week today. <gasps> um, oh that's my grand's birthday so oh. that she she will be 91 <gasps> wow good going granny i know <laughs> yeah um amazing well um this episode will come out on that friday the 11th so ah, perfect so you will have all seen it and you'll all be like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be like, still hearing about it. Time to watch it a second time. (laughs) And go again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You've seen it once and now you'll be inspired to watch it again. Yes. (laughs) So Nat, tell us about, I mean, I hate, I was about to use the the journey word there. I can't believe this. People are tired I am. Oh my God. (laughs) That's when you know. Tell me about your path into performance like that I'm slightly hysterical I'm really sorry my roadway into the acting world (laughs) any other thing that we can find um I it's one of those cheesy ones of being like I always loved performing as a kid and even though I literally have the confidence of a gnat for some reason uh, drawn to the world of performing arts uh, I didn't actually realize that you could study to be an actor until I was like in second year in high school um, and the I heard about drama school and it blew my brain. I was like, you can go to university and study to be an actor? What? Like, and then I had, you know, the the typical career guidance where they say, don't be realistic. That. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you be a drama teacher instead? <laughs> so, um, but I was heavily involved in drama in high school and I really loved getting involved with stage management and doing the lights and everything. So, I thought I did let the guidance counselor get into my head a little bit and I was like well I'll go and do media studies at university and I'll I'll train to be a floor manager or a stage manager because I really enjoy that anyway um and but part of the the first year of university I had to watch a lot of films to study them and it was watching uh Top Hat with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers (laughs) and I just remember sitting there watching it and being like I can't not do it like I have to do it that is my dream that's what I've always wanted to do I I grew up as a kid watching all those old musicals and I absolutely love them uh Gene Kelly is just oh my goodness me <laughs> he's dreamy <laughs> absolutely love him um but yeah just grown I what it's a lot of musicals that that I grew up watching I I have zero confidence in my singing ability so I knew that I was never going to pursue a career in musical theatre 
I don't think I have a musical theatre voice anyway. I don't have a big belty voice, but I I thought, well, I can act, so uh, I can do that. And so I dropped out of uni and went to Motherwell College for a couple of years. I did I did apply for a couple of drama schools. Uh, I got in down in Luton, but then I decided I, I didn't really want to move down there. So I stayed up here. I uh, didn't get very far at the conservatoire, but not a lot of people do. I didn't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, that's good of you. I definitely took it personally. <laughs> oh, I mean, I definitely cried, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you know I moved on <laughs> this is it. Um, but yeah after I did my two years at college my intention was to go to Motherwell College for two years and then try again for drama school but by that point I thought Do you know what I'm just going to throw myself out there and see what happens and I essentially just plodded away doing lots of unpaid work short films independent stuff all the and then becoming a job and actor which is what the majority of us are you know it's murder mystery it's corporate gigs it's not sexy and it's not glamorous but it's what our job is and it keeps us going and it keeps your hand in and then every now and then you get a, a nice opportunity to do something whether it's been I have had a bizarre lucky streak with commercials uh on a sort of three like i I think about 10 years ago, for three years, I, I seemed to just constantly book commercials. And then that was me blocked out. And then I had another like three year streak of just booking commercials, which is nice, but because um, they pay really well, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and then, yeah, just just trying to to get yourself out there. But I'm not I'm not the most forceful person at all. I as I say it is I'm a very shy person which is a bizarre so it's bizarre for me to be a performer but in networking situations I'm I'm awful I'm I'm the one in the corner <laughs> nursing a drink and being like no I don't want to annoy people so um yeah I'm really bad at that <laughs> I think that's a really interesting point because I actually think most of us hate it yeah most of us hate networking um, I know I, I absolutely hate it and I've said this before I'm sure I've said this on the podcast I find it much easier to network as persistent and nasty than I do as Elaine's did it uh, of course yeah I can see that really, yeah um, that in itself um, is interesting yeah. uh, for me to notice that uh-huh. um, and I always wonder where that comes from like with us as human beings is that that and I wonder sometimes if it is that thing they were talking about earlier, that really Scottish thing of we always feel the underdog. So you never, and also you're kind of brought up not to have an ego, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, And there is something about pushing yourself forward that is, and I think as well as a female. It's I was that. just about to say, as a woman, you're, you're told to sort of sit in your corner and speak when spoken to. So... Yeah. You know, those words that get used against us all the time, like bossy, mm-hmm. um, when guys get driven and ambitious. Yes. Yeah, we are passionate. We're, we yeah. get bossy, moany, narky, uh-huh. nippy. Yeah. Like, really, one of the things that really annoys me recently, and it's really annoying me, is um, no matter what your opinion is on Nicola Sturgeon, no matter where you sit on the political sphere, this... Um, 
ne- uh, nippy Nicola thing that gets constantly brought up with yeah. her because it's there is a you'd not call in any other politician nippy no it's only the women and it's not just her I, I think as well to be fair but obviously it just works sound wise with the yes. Nicola um what is that word I'm trying to find I want to say onomatopoeia but so did I but then I was like but is then that I it? was like I don't know if it is that is it just alliteration That's yes it, isn't it I think I also feel like it's onomatopoeia too maybe just because I've got that in my head don't care um but yeah so I I always wonder about that the the networking thing and I would actually really love to know of all our listeners who maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a poll who actually enjoys that side of it I'm sure there are people and I know I have got some friends who are fucking amazing at it yeah in particular, I've got one male friend, when I just think about it, who stands out to me. Like, he can network a room like nobody I have ever seen. Like, incredible. And I've been in rooms with him where I'm just, like, following along. Like, I'm the pal. Okay, I'm just standing here. I'm going to the bar. And then before I know it, I'm pished. And I'm like, ever, ever, I don't care. Which is life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give me the job. But, I, yeah, no, it's just... I find... Happen depending on the mood I'm in I can either be a really really good networker or completely crippled by anxiety and I wonder if it's I don't know if either of you read the book period power I've not read it (laughs) I've heard heard people talking about it who've read it and I will read it eventually it's on my to-do list (laughs) but it basically talks about how men are on like a 24 hormonal 24 hour hormonal cycle that Jennifer Bates Oh, and and has read it sorry Misha continue on I'm just giving Jane a wee shout out yes (laughs) and then women are on like a 28 day cycle with the moon with their periods whatever it is and so we have like different times of the month when our um, confidence is up when we're better at um, like manual tasks when we're wanting to sleep all the time when we want to like um just like be cozy like whatever it is like we've got like specific hormonal like balances that trigger that and so I know if I'm caught at the perfect time of the month like and and I've probably only recognize it now before I would have been like I'm just in a good mood tonight when I don't need to drink yeah. but I can work a room really really well and other times when I'm so cripplingly shy that I will just stand in the corner getting blazing yes so it it is a really interesting thing that you talk about your male friend who's really good at it and I can recognize myself in that and say I I can be really good but I can also be really 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 dreadful um but I also felt like I needed to say that out loud because I think that we're very bad at self-complimenting and now I'm diminishing my own compliment yeah just take no and you and I've been in a room with you and you are very good at it very good in, in the right in the right mindset well I've been in a room with you on quite a lot of mindsets and you're still very good at it so that's <laughs> so I'm good at faking it even if I'm not in the right mindset yeah exactly yeah. Um, but, but the, the, the inter- that is an interesting thing and I wonder like maybe men do get it in a certain way but obviously those of us who are born with um a ovaries and a woman are still ovulating um because it usually is like round about your ovulation time that you are at your peak of you can totally sell yourself because your confidence is up mm-hmm. because basically your body's going get somebody to impregnate you 
Like that's literally yes. what it's like it's telling you to do. So you'll your skin will be glowing that day and you'll find all the words and be unless you have endometriosis like me and you're oh. literally like, fuck my life, shoot me in the head, I want to go to bed. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I usually get that a couple of days before, so it's fine. I do get it. It's all good. But it's just like because my period started today and then I was at an equity conference because obviously can't have our uh, annual a representative conference because it's COVID so it was all Mm -hmm. on Zoom and I spoke like twice and the first time I spoke and then I came off and I stopped my mic my heart was like bang 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 and I was like I don't get like that when I do stuff with equity I'm like I'm really clear I always feel totally fine like I always feel like I know what I want to say but I was like I could feel my blood pumping through my body and I was just like what's going on oh yeah Bleeding from the other end. That's what's going on. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a very period heavy podcast. Persistent oh. in period. Yeah. I mean, that's I've, at the, the Fort William premiere. Obviously, like I did that thing of being like, what is going on with my body? Oh, yeah, that's what's happening. I, I'm having my periods. And I had to say to like the guys, I was like, we're going to have to go to a 24 hour garage till I get some sanitary products. And I was like, that's how rock and roll my life is. Film premiere, but we're going to a 24 hour garage till I get sanitary products. <laughs> I feel like I need to add this in. It's got very little relevance to our podcast, but just because I saw it today, um, when NASA sent the woman, the woman to space for six days, they gave her a hundred tampons. Yeah. our rocket scientists don't understand how periods work my goodness and they worried that it wasn't enough is that enough for you we've given you 100 tampons will you be okay (laughs) anyway that's just that's just a little side of the podcast (laughs) what I wanted to bring it back to was this kind of the fact that you felt it was a strange thing for you to want to be an actor because you're shy and how the acting stereotype is like loud brash confident and I actually think that that is such a like it's a misrepresentation of actors actually and so it's interesting that even we as actors feel a bit out of place if we don't look like that yeah I think that's an interesting I found it really fascinating that you said that um yeah it's, it's interesting, actually, like most of my actor friends would confess to having some kind of self-esteem or, you know, mental health or anxiety, some kind of mental health issue, whether it's anxiety or whatever. Um, and I always remember in a, an office job that I had when I was temping, it was round about the time that Stephen Fry had sort of disappeared. He'd had a bit of a breakdown. And she, knowing that I was an actor, said, yeah, you know, you just tend to find that everyone in the sort of performing arts are just mentally ill. Like, they're just drawn to it. And I was so offended, <laughs> like horrendously offended. But, you know, she was just being horrifically insensitive. But I do think that there is definitely some something in a lot of us. I would not tar everyone with the same brush at all. Um, but there is some of us that have something that that finds some kind of catharsis through the, the process of acting, uh, whether it's 
whether it's just helping you process your your emotions and your feelings and thoughts and just understanding human nature I think as well uh, can help you with your own sort of issues but yeah there's a surprising amount of us that that do seem to be drawn to it despite our, our sort of anxieties. I think there's a real bravery in that 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 there are quite a lot of us like potentially you could say a disproportionate amount but realistically I don't know if anyone's done the study but there yeah. are a lot of us who sit quite high on like emotionally volatile spectrums and 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 I think that 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 is makes us even more brave for being able to come forward and play with our emotions and and look at people and and it's probably what makes us so good at playing different characters because we can understand how it feels to be on different levels I mean I joked in another podcast that we're all masochists (laughs) (laughs) just wanting to torture ourselves with (laughs) with rejection and with like emotionally like heightened states but Mm. I actually think that you've you've got it much more spot on there is something really we all are drawn to people and we love people and we're fascinated and curious and that's I think probably what unites us all yeah I think it's because we um oh for for most of us we try our best to stay as open as possible as actors so that you are able to um, give those performances and so they're as truthful as they can be. And I think because of that, all of our emotions sit so so high. Um, Not that people who aren't actors don't have that, they absolutely do. It's just that um, for us, that thing of being able to let that come out when we're on stage or screen, Mm -hmm is as you say now is that it's catharsis or it's um like for me it's actually when I'm the most at peace yeah like in performance like my brain isn't somewhere else when I'm performing yeah you're a hundred percent it's like a form of mindfulness because you're so a hundred percent in that moment and what you're what you're doing what you're thinking and feeling what's being said to you what you're absorbing you're it's it's mindfulness at it's sort of purest I suppose really when you think about it like that and it is like and it is a hard it's a hard like we we talked about this um with Rachel Jackson just the other day and that's that podcast out on um, Friday um it's such as Misha said it's such a hard career you're you're constantly faced with rejection and Mm. self-doubt and what I love about Rachel Jackson is she has no self-doubt and it is (laughs) incredible even just to be in a zoom room with that woman like oh my god just a force of nature isn't she Uh uh-huh like (laughs) just I mean I feel like she needs to be doing like TED talks continuously yes because, like you know you just need somebody like Rachel to go you fucking got this you are doing it yeah I believe in you because I believe in myself so and like her unwavering belief in herself is so inspiring yeah it's, really, yeah yeah when you I think when you see someone else embody that that confidence and their belief in themselves, it, you can't help but be inspired by it, which is really, it's really exciting. So it's great that we're not all crippled by anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> or we're crippled at different times balance. of the month. Yes, different yeah. times of the month. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? And, and then we can support each other in the meantime. 
Yes. That's actually so true. I jokingly said Jennifer Bates again, she's getting name checked twice. <laughs> um, I jokingly said to Jen a couple of weeks ago, I had written something and I said to Jen, right, I'm sending it today because I'm ovulating and I'm going to do it today because this is the day to do it. Go, go, yeah. go. I'm doing it. If it had waited two more weeks like today, it would have been a fucking talking you off the edge last night like it's good stop yeah, talking me off the edge last night I was like oh my god anyway um yeah I just it's so fascinating and I feel actually I think I want to do a study now on how many of us have yeah. that but also how many um of our female performers or I feel like that thing about the networking and how many of our male performers, did they have that at the mm-hmm. same point or is it different levels? I'm really, um, yeah. Yeah, it would be, and yeah, study would be really interesting to know, yeah. as you say, the, the actual figures for it. Yeah. Um, and those and those people who are people of colour, like how do they feel in that spectrum as well? Like when they're yeah. in the room, those people who are LGBTQIA+, plus, like how are yeah. they feeling in those um Okay, that's my project for 2021. I'm I nearly said forward to that one there, and I was like, that. <laughs> no. If we could just go back, can we just go back? <laughs> talking about going back, um, Nat, how has a lockdown been for you? Have you been keeping yourself busy? Has there been anything that you found really helpful, useful for you? Do you know, it's been a real mixed bag in a real journey um I at the start of oh I did it (laughs) okay I'll allow it I hate myself I hate myself (laughs) that one's going that one's going in the bingo card yeah (laughs) anyone who says journey (laughs) I Um, say all the time honestly problem Misha has reclaimed that I am not there yet (laughs) I normally reclaim it but I preface it with a sorry to be wanky journey (laughs) (laughs) just so I can get away with saying it (laughs) I think that one needs to be like a visual clip for for, we're trying to develop our TikTok presence So I feel like we need to start earmarking moments in our podcast, which we could use a visual from, sorry to be wanky, journey. (laughs) It's got to be it. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) So yes, um, so my pathway to leading through lockdown. um, Yeah, I think I know at the start there was, especially with the the air industry, was one of the first industries to shut down. And there was this huge, amazing surge of creativity and people being like, let's create stuff and let's come together. And I actually put a post on my Instagram where I was like, I feel like I've gone on the the sort of um, the waltzers on a roundabout, on a roundabout, (laughs) waltzers uh, and the 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 carnival guy has spun my cart before I was ready for it to be spun I was like I'm still trying to get to grips with it and I kind of felt a bit overwhelmed so I I sort of shut down at the start of lockdown and and just switched everything off went back to be just the basics of of life (laughs) and living with my folks who were shielding as well so I kind of was just uh processing sort of dealing with them and as time went on, I started to come back to myself a little bit and started to make sketches to 
to sort of amuse myself. The other thing is that I found as well was with lockdown, and obviously it wasn't just lockdown, there was all those movements going on. There was a George Floyd, there was so much happening. And I kind of felt like I didn't want to be putting anything out there that seemed flippant or like I wasn't taking anything serious. Um, there was a lot of people dying. There was a lot of pain and a lot of anger. And I was trying to, I wanted to respect that as well. So um, I took another step back from, from social media because it just, it didn't feel right to me at that time just to be, I, and I don't judge anyone who did do that. That was just my headspace. I kind of felt like I'm going to take a step back and uh, I, you know, I must confess, I started to become a gamer. <laughs> I I went back to the world of playing video games. Yes. <laughs> and, I love um, it. Yeah. So my friends uh, who are, they had their own, their, the nearly main podcast, the uh, Arrival podcast. No. <laughs> what, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is it called? So it's the nearly men podcast. Yeah. We'll so they're, they're gamers. <laughs> and they, I don't know if they're going to be a rival audience, actually. I, I don't think, think so. I don't think they're going to, they're not going to be stealing our, our listeners, I don't think. <laughs> maybe like, maybe that's judgmental and like presumptuous. That is judgmental. We've got a lot of lady we can, gamers. We can share listeners. Yeah. That's fine. There's, a, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's space for all. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they moved on to Twitch. So the video uh, sharing platform and I started to watch them and they've got such a lovely community. It's mainly all actors and writers and then people from the like from America and we've got a lot of Europeans and they're all very creative. For some reason, that's just the community that we seem to have created there. And it's been so lovely. Um, I spent so I spent most of my time watching them play games and chatting and then my friend gave me a loan of his old PlayStation 4 so I started gaming as well um so yeah that believe it or not is what took up a huge chunk of <laughs> of my COVID times um yeah and I'm but I feel like I was saying this to a friend like I think there's been this period of not knowing when the end was in sight so I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest and say my anxiety has been horrific, like really just through the roof coming in sort of cycles every couple of weeks uh, and just trying to, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've done CBT, I've got things in place and, you know, do my meditation and try and keep myself calm. But when you don't have an end in sight, you're constantly in survival mode, which can be exhausting and draining and, and just trying to be easy on myself for maybe not being at my most creative. And I think in the past few weeks, I feel like there's been a bit of a shift with the vaccine announcements and suddenly thinking that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I kind of feel like I'm starting to come back to myself a little bit more. And yeah, I feel my creative juices starting to flow again and looking forward to projects in in 2021 fingers crossed there but yeah so that's been my lockdown journey it's such an interesting thing going into that kind of like self-protection and I think our industry was completely decimated 
Yeah. With like within the first few weeks, we were sorely aware how badly this would affect our industry, particularly with the lack of support for freelancers, with the lack of like information for theatres. It just, I, I felt the exact same as you in that I was completely unable to be creative because it was, it felt absolutely hopeless yeah. because what were we being creative for? I think it's such a it was such a kind of bizarre thing and and you absolutely did need to just find the grounding points for yourself and 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 self-soothe however that that came about what were your games of choice so can I just say one thing before you mention your games of choice I just wanted to thank you for being so honest and um, vulnerable Nat for talking about your anxiety and for talking about all of that I think it's something that um, we don't do enough as a society in general I think artists mm-hmm. are much more open about it um, you know somebody who's a nurse or somebody who was working in Tesco or, will have had all those same feelings they've just not been able to process it maybe the same yeah. way as we can as performers or maybe they can and I'm being really unfair but um, it's just that thing I think it's really uh, brave to to say those things and to say it out loud and especially when it's going to go out on a podcast and um, I just really appreciate you saying that and I just wanted to say, say thanks. Oh thank you I, I do feel quite strongly about just normalizing it and being really open about it um so many people struggle and I think especially with with the year that we've had a lot of people who might not have experienced it will suddenly find themselves in that situation and maybe not understanding what it is and it can be really scary uh but yeah I I like to just be really open and say you know this is what I've experienced and you know you can come out the other side uh just and yeah reach out and speak to people and ask for help and again put it better than I was trying to thank you Matt um, now you can talk about your games of choice Yay! <laughs> so um I went I went with Minecraft uh, as a really just like I'm switching off because oh my god do I love just digging dirt and just leveling things out like the level of satisfaction I got from that is terrifying <laughs> um but I also went hardcore and I went right in and played Last of Us which is uh an apocalypse film (laughs) because why wouldn't you during a pandemic um exactly reclaim it yeah Yeah. reclaim that reclaim that zombie apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) and it's it was a phenomenal game the storytelling in it is is stunning and and because I enjoyed it so much, I went straight into Last of Us 2, which, again, it, it, I mean, I don't want to get all evangelical about video games, but I think it's because it's it's not just a shoot them up and blah, blah, blah. There's a story there and there's characters and you're playing them and you become so invested emotionally in them and what's happening to them that uh, there were when Last of Us 2 finished, I, I mean, I was really mentally sort of moved by it. It took me a few days to, to sort of get over. And even now when I think about it, about it, I'm like, oh my God, like it was, it was so emotional. There was, there was a, a scene at the end, there was a few scenes through it, but in particular the end scene where you have to 
play the character a certain way and I literally sat there in tears saying I don't want to do it I can't do it like don't make me do this so to get that visceral reaction from a video game is very similar to you know what you would get from acting and watching a play or a film or something so that's what yeah I think I think video games have changed so much in the last kind of 10-15 years that that kind of idea of you know gaming and all that is so different now and um, because it is as you say it's about storytelling it's not just it's not just I'm you know Grand Theft Auto I'm whatever it is they've moved and evolved I mean I know Grand Theft Auto is still really huge but you know there's so many other options um, with really incredible and intricate storytelling yeah with actors who are in studios yes voicing the characters and creating these and then no wonder actors you've found this group of actors and performers in twitch that are all for the games because it's another way of expressing exactly yeah do you know actually it just reminded me when you said that um uh, one of the the nearly men played a game called Hellblade Senua, which is actually about a woman suffering from um, schizophrenia. And it's extraordinary. It's set like in Orkney. She's like this Pictish woman who's out to revenge the death of her, her husband. But she has these voices. And if you wear your headphones, you've got these voices that are saying, you know, you that are beating her down but then there's the other voices that are picking her up and and he did he he obviously had to give trigger warnings beforehand and I think there was like three of us that watched him play the game and I it was it was unbelievable it's one of the most extraordinary games that I've ever seen um and for that to be a video game trying to tell that story but as you said Elaine it's it's the actors that play these parts they are extraordinary if you know you couldn't just have anyone just reading that it, these voice actors are just unbelievable but the artwork as well like the actual creative process of creating these worlds and creating the aesthetic of the characters and and all the like production behind building that it's huge and I think I mean I'm a I'm a complete like clue I'm clueless with gaming but hearing you talk about it I absolutely get it mm-hmm. and like would probably I want a PS5 it. and I don't even know what that is but I now want one so but that's it like <laughs> I think it's just the only thing that I can relate it to is reading a book where you put the book down and you're still thinking, oh God, I wonder what's happening to that character. And you think that when you're not reading it, that the character's lives go on. And then when you get to the end of it, you've got that kind of grieving process Mm. for the end of those characters, the end of the story. And so that's the only way I can like empathize like directly, but it, yeah, it was an amazing industry. Isn't that just Mm. art though? That idea of like, you're still thinking about the characters and imagine their life continuing on. Yeah, you know, or or like those moments when you've seen something or played a game and raging at how it ended. Like yeah. I remember the first time I watched. If people haven't watched, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, End of the Affair, which is based on the Graham Greene novel. I watched the original. I haven't watched the second mm-hmm. one. So the original is um, Van Johnson and Deborah Carr. All I'm going to say, halfway through that film fucking raging absolutely raging 
I even now it infuriates me so much, but I loved it and it was a brilliant piece of cinema. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. And um, I can't I can't rewatch it because it made me feel so many things and I was yeah. so, so fucking mad. I need I've not seen it. I'm gonna to have to watch it now. <laughs> I watched the series, I watched the Sky yeah. series, but I didn't see the film. Okay, if you are a um old movie fan mm-hmm. which I am I would totally suggest watching the original the original I will do that yeah. and Van it's probably M. Van Johnson's best acting as well I would say so yeah so it's, it's amazing though like I remember a book that I read I can't remember what it was a typical like chiclet type book and I remember it like that there was a point in it where I literally threw the book across the floor because I was just like ah no so angry at the author for having watched the the twist that she put in the story but I think that's that that's why we're drawn to it to have these these reactions it's amazing art is amazing I just think what a privilege that we can work in this industry in in a small capacity of the creative industries and have Mm the ability to affect people in that way. I mean, if we take it full circle and go back to your Christmas film, people watching that will be so uplifted and so touched by the the truth and the poignancy and the beauty and getting a glimpse into Scotland's reality. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's such a gift to be able to do work like that and create. And, And that really is, I think, if we touch on another point of the podcast, that is why we do what we do, to be able to have those moments with people which connects such a wide network of, of different people from different backgrounds, different places with emotion and feeling. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I actually was saying that to someone earlier, especially, I mean, not just bringing feelings of, of joy and hope, but all feelings because they're all they're all relevant. Um, but yeah, it to be able to, no matter what the emotion is, if you know you've evoked something in someone, even if it's just one person, then I mean, as you say, like how how lucky we are to be able to do that, and the gratitude that you get from that, it it just you you feel like okay, my job is done. I have moved to that one person in some way. It's extraordinary. They say that they say art like I don't know if it's a quote from someone or if it's just like artists in general say I would rather someone like strongly liked or strongly disliked this piece if they have no feelings at all then what have I, what has it been for yeah. yeah you don't want middle of the road no no not at all to get back to our um, analogies of travel <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, what is your plans over the next couple of weeks since we're going into December? Do you have your uh, crimbo decos up? I don't have my crimbo. They're not up yet, no. Um, I'm not kind of, I'm not sure when my folks are doing it. My um, my boyfriend, he, he put a small tree up yesterday, but he was like, we'll put this up just now, and then at the weekend we'll do the full shebang. So, um, but I'm all for people embracing Christmas early this year. I, I'm just like, go have at it, folks. <laughs> Yeah, you've earned it. I'm like, yes. get every fairy light that you can possibly find on. Yeah. To hell with the electricity bill. And I love that exactly. idea. <laughs> I know. I, I know. know. Like, cover yeah. the house in them. That's why. Yeah. 
Because I think I'd seen someone share that um, not that long ago um, on Facebook about, uh, you know, during lockdown, we had the the rainbows and all the windows and everything. And it was this idea of let's just get lights out there, just light up the, the community and just bring some joy and and lightness to the world because we, we certainly we certainly need it just now um so yeah I, but I don't have I don't have huge plans over the next few weeks um I, I I've got myself a a job where uh, it's like a temp job it's boring <laughs> but it pays it pays and that's all and that's it yeah uh-huh it's all part of the hustling it is you gotta do what you gotta do yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As we we were so lucky to do the collab with the ninety eight percent girls, we are in, we are the ninety eight percent. So we do all the other things along with being lucky to do this job. Yeah, to survive. Hundred percent. Just uh, flagged up in my head there when you mentioned that. Um, obviously, when that those posters were doing the round about Fatima oh, the ballerina yeah. and all this, and it was like retraining, and it's like have you've not met anyone in the creative arts industry have you because we've done all the jobs yes. <laughs> to every job whether you know whether it's manual or, or whatever you know we, we just get by um, half of us probably to. already work in tech exactly yeah. <laughs> we're already in cyber security we're there <laughs> we're acting as cyber attackers we're doing it in that role play we are doing that role play. We're, we're doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I know. I'm going to ask, because we are um, in December, um, not nearly as of tomorrow, um, favourite Christmas movie? Favourite Christmas movie is Muppet Christmas Carol. Yay! Closely followed by Scrooged, I must admit. Ooh. Yeah, it's controversial. Love it. I love that they're both a Christmas carol, though. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's like, I never thought about that. It's <laughs> very true. It's a lovely message. <laughs> one has Muppets and Michael Caine. The other one, no Muppets. <laughs> There's no Muppets, no. <laughs> Just very dark, very dark, very dark. Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, Bill Murray, very dark. Yeah. Um, Misha, have you seen Muppets Christmas Carol? Misha. Come on. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to think. Surely I have. So Louise is going to lose her shit. <laughs> you have light in your life. <laughs> now, one of my mum's friends said this the other day. She said that was what they always watched at Christmas. And I thought, oh yeah, we've seen that at Christmas before. But actually, I don't know if I have seen it. Do you know, it's really interesting because I've done a few interviews now for the Christmas film. Sorry. And... This is. I'm just like looking at Misha going. Yeah. Well, I'm going. To, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to back her up here because. <laughs> Thank you. Not many people do. I usually oh, get. Oh, that's not so true. But we. It is comedy gold that you haven't seen. <laughs> fuck all. <laughs> I, I honestly, I despair. It's because do you know what I worked it out? It's because I watch TV series. It's because your dad's Canadian, right? It's because my dad's Canadian. <laughs> There we go. That's okay. so we go back to the Halloween episode for you all. Misha's <laughs> excuse for not having watched certain things. My dad's Canadian. Different. Different, different culture. Different. Uh, sorry, Nat, you were um, going to... Anyway, please back yes. me up, Nat. What was it you were going to so, back me up? Please. I, but the thing is, 
for this to work, Misha, I need you, I need you to have seen at least one Christmas film. <laughs> I have. I've seen at okay. least one. Okay. So the idea is that Christmas, favourite Christmas films are down to what your traditions were as a kid growing up and what your family watched uh you know, like my friend uh, Kayla, like she obviously, she's American. So A Christmas Story is her absolute staple go-to. She can't, it's not Christmas if she doesn't watch that. And I had only heard of it through her talking about it. So um, yeah, everyone's got their own favourite Christmas films through tradition. And I watched Scrooged a lot as a kid growing up. So that's why it's one of my favourites. And, and obviously I'm up at Christmas Carol is um yeah no I can't back you up on that Misha no <laughs> oh, I'm so I, you really tried and I really I'm so grateful for you trying so hard to give me that out but I know <laughs> I didn't deserve your pity and I, I'm sorry all my listeners my, my personal <laughs> listeners <laughs> listeners are here for me and my shite antics which there are many of our listeners are all indeed three here of you. for you <laughs> you apologize wholeheartedly Misha would you like to say because you missed last week's podcast would you like to say what your favorite Christmas film is my favorite f- Christmas film is The Grinch the one with Jim Carrey because um I like that and I also like Love Actually even though I recognize it's a bit problematic and I also really like I also love The Nativity Oh my god, I love the nativity. It's yep. so good, and so I I don't know if I have actually seen the nativity too. I haven't. No, I, I, I didn't haven't. invest, but I've seen the nativity. Also, I watched Ice Age last night, and I feel like that is also kind of a Christmas film. Yeah, because yeah, it's got snow. I and before you it see. qualifies. Yeah, and that's a brilliant film. It is. That so, is a good film. I, I actually do think it's, I'm going to play my age card. No, I'm sorry, you can't play your age card with them up. It's Christmas, Carol. You absolutely <laughs> no. cannot play your age card with that. I'm sorry, Michelin, absolutely not. No. <sighs> Fuck, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll add it to my list. In your list, babes. I can't believe you've not watched it. So I might good. have watched it. Maybe I have. I probably haven't. But. Okay, so next time I see you, I want you to have watched it and I want a full rundown so I know that you watched it. <laughs> oh, honestly, I despair. Also, nah, because we're creating a nasty COVID, well, I'm creating a nasty COVID Christmas playlist because uh, mm. because we did what we did a playlist at the start of lockdown back yeah. in March because I was like, oh, fuck. What am I going to well, Let's get some songs that we need I'm so mm-hmm. a lot today, guys. Oh, people, I'm, I'm trying not to say guys. Well. I know. I said it earlier, and I get so annoyed at myself. I was like, ah. It's somebody said this to me. They think it's a really Scottish thing. Like we say it, and it's it, we are. It's actually because we're trying to be super inclusive, but we're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> we need to change it. So peeps, peeps, peeps. That's my. I like peeps. It's yeah. nice and short and it could be it's anything. Um and now can oh yeah, so Christmas playlist. Favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas song. Ooh, that's a good one. Um huh. you can have more than one if you need it. Yeah, well, I love Last Christmas. Classic. It's a classic. I mean, Got to love it. Um that one, right? Yeah, I know that one. 
<laughs> I heard that once. She's just saying that. She's just saying that. She, I point. just don't want to be in the firing line again. I'll just say yes to anything. She's smiling and smiling and nodding. Do you know? Um, I was listening to another one. My one of my favorites, and it's um, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Judy Garland from yeah. Meet Me in St. Louis and see if you listen to the words of it for this year in particular oh my goodness like so fitting so I haven't managed to listen to that yet this year because <laughs> cue yeah oh 100% <laughs> like cannot get through that without <laughs> um but yeah I find I think this year that that's going to be my favorite song in particular just because of the lyrics to it are so fitting I would actually say that's a downright lie what I've just said I watched Meet Me in St. Louis last week so <laughs> actually full force lying to everybody what I was doing there I have a feeling like it got to that part and I was like no I don't think I can watch this and I skipped it yeah um, but I did watch Meet Me in St. Louis and it is a Christmas film I don't care what anybody says it is I'll give you that yeah um, our last question. <gasps> so, Nat, when you hear persistent and nasty, what does that make you think? What does it make you feel? What does it bring up? It, may, it makes me feel there's fierce. Fierce is the first word that pops into my head. Fierce, loyal, strong, it makes me think of Six the Musical. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yes. yes. That is a fantastic answer. Yeah, I absolutely that that final song set in six of just those women just like t- taking ownership of their lives and their futures. Yeah, that's persistent and nasty. That's what it, it screams to me. Those six queens up there just kicking ass. <laughs> I'm obsessed. That's a phenomenal answer. It really is a phenomenal brilliant answer. Also, the first time anybody has ever put persistent and nasty with a musical in this answer. Yeah. There we go. I mean, I could be wrong, but I highly doubt I am. No, I think that's you are inspired, Nat. That was just yeah. gorgeous. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute treat getting to talk to you. And thank you for everything you've shared. And happy Christmas. I know. Sorry, um, I, just, yeah. I just spooked Elaine because, because you thought I was going to say stay nasty and I didn't. I was like, I'm not ready for stay nasty. I'm I wasn't ready. ready. Like, give me a second. So thank um, you. So obviously uh, Lost at Christmas is out on the 11th of December. Um, people can watch it on demand on iTunes, Amazon Prime, Google Play, and it's at Fort William and Eden Court in Scotland, and then some cinemas down south, south once yeah. the tears situation is sort sorted out. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Nat, we will put all of your kind of Instagram twitter etc in the description of the episode if you want is there anywhere else people can follow you anything else that you want to uh, no that's pretty much it just instagram and, and twitter uh that's where all my shenanigans happen <laughs> probably enough really isn't it so nobody needs more than that not that about you i just mean in general like general so exactly it's just like enough that's enough yeah that's enough <laughs> And thanks so much for joining us. It's been another persistent and nasty episode. And until next time, stay nasty. nasty.